This episode of German Minds Podcast is brought to you by The Hump Zebra. The Hump Zebra offers you a quirky collection of clothing and accessories inspired by everyday iterations. Head over to thehumpzebra.com to shop and follow them on IG at thehumpzebragrin. Enjoy the show. Driven Minds Podcast, Franz Bowen. It's Trav Weeks. Sir, and with another installment of the Driven Minds Podcast, feeling great. Absolutely. We have a dancer, director, and creator of Unapologetic Me, Black Gay Man, Justin Dominic. What's going on? Yeah, man. That's that's all you got for us? Uh, what's going on? We just had a whole conversation. I uh, know. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I've never done a podcast before. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, word, man. We have a... Uh, uh, this, this is the first repeat? Nah, this is, nah, this is the second repeat, but kind of like popped in on us, yeah, had to pull up one yeah, time yeah, with a healthy beard Absolutely. and a full glass of beer, Mr. Daniel Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the good brother, you know what I mean. Um, definitely, your Daniel is, um, you know, a great friend of ours, great friend of um, driven society. So, um, and he, he's always like, he always has his ear to the scene, knows what's dope out here. And um, I go to him personally for advice and marketing and stuff and everything. Y'all should definitely uh, um, look him up if y'all haven't heard the last podcast. And um, he told me about Justin. I got a chance to see the trailer and got to see the art and whatnot. And we always fascinated with like. Just dope creators doing, you know, really um, interesting things that contribute to culture, man. So, you know, shout out to you and salute to you, brother, for, you know, coming up with this piece of work. Appreciate it. Indeed, Let's take us a little little back about who you are, you know what I mean, how you got into dancing, and, you know, where you're from. All right. So, I'm from Newark, uh, born and raised. Uh, I grew up there. Um, my friend used to say it was a sign over my neighborhood that said the hood. He knew not to go through it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I grew up, my mother kept us very busy, and dance was something she put us in when we were younger. And I think my first, like, hip-hop class, I cried and cried and cried. Wow. Um, you couldn't do the running man? Uh, <laughs> 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 well, let's just say, I, I, I remember not having any rhythm. But beyond that, I just remember hating it. And she made us stay. She made me and my brother stay. And um, eventually, I ended up loving it. And that um, man that was my teacher to become my stepfather. So that was like a good little story for that. It's a little but, incentive right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we just ended up loving it. And I think out of me, my brother, and my sister, I just kept doing it. Uh, and then I ended up going to high school for dance at Arts High School in Newark. Um, trained at a few different places while in high school, the Ailey School, American Ballet Theater Programs, uh, oh, wow. Joffrey Ballet, mm. um, and then ended up going to college for dance for my undergrad, came back to New York after I finished and been kind of performing professionally and teaching professionally since. And now I'm finishing my master's in dance. Wow, um, tremendous. In a low residency program out in Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and that's kind of how this film came about. Um, mm. I wanted to do a thesis that was personal. I wanted to do something that was close to home. And I had a teacher just keep saying, you know, Justin, you need to stick to your chalk line. You need to figure out where your base is. Mm. What is your voice? What is your chalk line? And don't stray from it. 
be very secure in it. And that's how black gay man came and then eventually unapologetic me came about it. And then a screen dance happened. Um, and then I learned what a creative was and I became one all of a sudden. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of how it's been happening. Just try to keep, you know, dance like involved or at least it keeps finding its way mm -hmm. involved in my life in different ways which I really appreciate mm -hmm. able to do what I love and make some kind of a living at the same time with it indeed yo that's fire I want to uh, backtrack a little bit so um, you, you, you mentioned some places where you had the privilege of studying and perfecting your craft um, I noticed that you, you mentioned um, Alvin Ailey uh, had you had uh, any instances where you um uh, attended uh, school for dance outside of your cultural milieu and, and what that experience was like because they're like I mean dance is it's not a monolith but they're just certain cultural sensitivities that you know uh, a white ballet dancer might have oh. versus somebody that might have learned oh, that like yeah yeah absolutely um well going everywhere else is I mean a lot of places are just you know I hate to say a white um, where I went to undergrad, um, majority white. Actually, my friends and I, when we our first like week in school, it was like find the black people, wow. and we're mm. all still friends today. <laughs> <laughs> and we can count them on our fingers, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. probably one hand. So um, the it's just naturally like the ballet and contemporary world. It's you know it comes few and far between. There are much more now. Um, Alvinelli um, American Dance Theater and the foundation itself has created something right along with Dance Theater of Harlem, um, Dallas Black, that's created spaces for black dancers and it multiplies and there are even smaller companies out there that create those kind of experiences. Kyle Abraham creates those experiences, Camille Brown creates those experiences, but the white ones exist um, in very multiple forms and when you find yourself in it, I think it's just that whole conversation of being very sure of who you are. Mm. And when you're a kid, you're not. Mm -hmm. So situations happen where you don't know how to deal with it. I remember being um, called boy in a studio by a white man wow. around a bunch of other white classmates that didn't know what happened, but I felt what happened. Absolutely. So in that moment, what do I do? I just, you know, yeah, you remember it, process it, and keep moving, and then keep training because ideally I'm going for the same parts that this guy is going for. I'm trying to get the same jobs, you know, the harmless competition, but we're going, eventually we're going to be in the same field. We're going to be peers with each other. Mm. Um, but I have to know myself 10 times more. Like I have to be 10 times better. I have mm. to be thinking 10 times ahead. So I think white spaces make you do that because you're going to be reminded that you're black in a positive way or a negative way. Like you'll have someone come in and audition a full class of students and choose you because you're gonna be the black token. Uh, so it's like a, you know, a plus and a minus on both sides. Like you just have to know mm -hmm. like how the system works and you gotta know how to take advantage of it too. And also be happy in it because you know, we're black men, it's not gonna change. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, it will be progress, but there will be remnants of just that kind of, um, and ancestral like constructs like following us pretty much for the rest of our lives and our children. Indeed, you're right. Um, it's, I, I really like talking to people who are like dancers. My homegirl, um, my homegirl Brat, um, that's her name. 
on Instagram. But she, uh, <laughs> it's so funny when we go out, like, she can't help but dance. Like, we be chilling, she just start pop locking and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Me, me and Fry's got an inside joke, like, how we be at clubs sometimes. And then we always see who the professionals, they come out of nowhere and they start Word. breaking it out. The <laughs> whole choreo, like, exactly. like, like, like five, like, six, seven, like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I want to talk about, like, that, um, you know, dance is a form of creative expression for you. Yeah. I want to talk about, like, you know, um, your relationship with dance and what, what does it give to you? Like, how does it feed your soul? And when did you know, know that, okay, this is something that just aligns with just who I am as a being? Um, I mean, it, I think it keeps changing um, little by little. There are often moments, uh, I can say when I was younger, it might have been seeing Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater or watching American Ballet Theater, seeing these male dancers do these athletic things. And I was not good at sports. I couldn't shoot a basketball, throw a football, catch anything, see anything to catch it, hit a, hit a baseball. Like I just couldn't do anything, but I'm watching dance. And these men are doing things that I just can't imagine happening. And I know that my brother, who's good at sports, would never be able to do. So it's like, okay, mm. all right, this is like, this is my form of athleticism. So that maybe that's what it was when I was younger. And then as I've gotten older, there's the creative side. Um, being able to create something that you own, that you can put your finger on. It's like writing a poem that really meant something to you to like let something out where you had some feelings and... You put it on a page and then you read it and then it exists in a space where you know that you allowed yourself to go through something. So dance sometimes for me allows me to go through things. And then uh, there's the social side. Like I just love social dance. Like I love like the merengue. I love salsa. Like I love just being foolish with my friends and putting music on. So it's what it does to people's energy when they're together. Like, I love what dance does. Like, you know, line dance in the black community, we know our cha-cha slide, we know our wobble, electric slide, the hustle. Like, these dances, before they were codified or became steps, it was stuff that brought people together. So I really Mm -hmm. like the aspect of when dance can bring people together where you're, whether you're a spectator and Mm -hmm. watching or a performer and a part of the experience or just in a room of people putting on um, Cardi B and jamming out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that dance does that for people and it has nothing to do with rhythm. It has nothing to do with steps. It's just like that energy you feel when you move and allow yourself to just express like that kind of like just joy of dance. Mm, absolutely. That's ill. I wanted to, um, but before we jump into the film aspect, I just want to touch on this part. So in terms of um, um, competition, um, what, how do you, people might not look at dance as a, a really competitive thing. They kind of look at it as like, oh, it's just so wonderful and flowery. You get to express yourself, but it's like a real, like it's a grind. Like it's, uh, yeah. I see that like, movie, like your, your toes used to bleed. What was that movie? There's <laughs> <laughs> like, one classic ballet movie that, um, well, White Knights? I'm not sure. I, f- I forgot what Center the I think that might have been it. Yes, in the stage. When they had like it was a love story uh-huh. and boom boom boom. Yeah. Is, was you it sure you're not thinking of Save the Last Dance? Trying to get into American Ballet Cap. Save Life Dance too. That was good. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. That was a class. That's yeah. not ballet though, was it? That was yeah, nah. it was a, well, it was a little, a little bit. bit. I mean, it's, it's both of them are staged 
very heavily, but um, in terms right. of my feet, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I don't have my mother's feet, I tell you that. Oh, man. Um, and for a long time, I was very nervous to wear flip-flops, so I just started saying, I don't really care, and you know, I, I just got to let my feet Got that truth, brother. I'll get a pedicure once, <laughs> once every quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on that truth. They, right. You know, they don't look great. You know, I'm used yeah. to the scrapes and bruises. Uh, yeah. You know, they will blister. Um, I, you know, I know some people's feet that are worse than mine, right, so that right. makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's part of the grind. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, 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 com- the competitive nature of, of, of that world. Like, what is that like for you? And how, how have you, um, you know, uh, developed your competitive spirit in that regard? Because, you know, going up for, for, for certain roles or what have you, you have to have like a certain mentality. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, the older I've gotten, I'm learning that, I'm still learning that what I do, only I can do. Mm. Like what I'm good at is only I'm good at that. And what's meant to be mine is mine. Um, so whatever I don't get wasn't meant for my plate. So where the com- competition exists all the time because the jobs are very few. Um, in terms of things that support you. Like, there are a lot of jobs out here, and I applaud a lot of dancers that take um, pride in doing things for free and doing things for favors and working their way to places where they can support themselves. Um, But the jobs that allow you to do that are few and far in between. So the competition is heavy to get those very, very few spots. And they say there aren't many men in the dance world, but there are many men, and there are very little jobs. So, you know, everyone knows each other. So it's not about um, who's better or for me or who can do this versus me doing that. Like, I'm going to do Justin and I'm going to be great at it and I'm going to be better at that shit tomorrow. So it's like um, trying to just stay in that headspace that keeps me grounded, but also like push myself forward because we know when we're lazy like we if you're honest with yourself like listen today was a lazy day (laughs) (laughs) like today was lazy or you know what i could have done that one more time or you know i should have pushed myself it's like competition with yourself too like oh i should have done that two more times to see what exhaustion felt like Mm -hmm. so it's like the competition you should have with yourself to push yourself forward but then also knowing that your peers they can push you but their trajectory is theirs not yours Cool. So let's let's jump into into this um, film, apologetically me, unapologetically me. Pardon me. Um, to, unapologetic me. Uh, pardon. Unapologetic <laughs> me. Nah. Thank you. I'm I'm a little. It's the beer. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So tell tell us about you know that project, uh, the 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 conception of it, Absolutely. and um, you know certainly your experience um, being behind the camera. Oh, where do I start? Um, I wanted to do something that was close to home. Like, I wanted to do something that was personal. Mm. And for a while, I felt like I was being a little narcissistic. I was like, oh, I can't talk about black gay men. Like, everyone talks about, you know, blackness right now. And then I said, oh, gayness is becoming, like, pushed aside because sometimes it feels like, you know, being a black man is more important. And I said, well, wait. I live in this existence where they both exist at the same time. Like, I can't put one aside for the other. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it feels like that has to happen. Um, You know, you have issues where you have black men being shot. And that's 
what I'm facing as a black man when I go into Starbucks earlier and go, you know what? I'm not going to sit in here and buy a, a coffee and How do some work. That? I'm going to go across the street to Gregory's right. and, um, and do my work there. Like, that's the mindset. That's my black man, you know, yeah. mindset. But then as soon as I get out that moment, I'm a black gay man. And then I'm a million other things in the midst of it. So I think the project was trying to figure out what that intersection is, not just for myself, um, but allowing black gay men to create the terms that in which they should be defined, to create the dialogue and define the history in which people should be learning about us. What's happening is that white gay men are writing the history about gay liberation and they're not including gay black men. Mm. Then you have um, Black Lives Matter, which is great, and all of these new movements that are very inclusive and diversified, but we have a big problem with um, homophobia in the black community. Mm -hmm. But homophobia, black homophobia in the white community. So it's it's like a, a plus and minus on both sides where you get something, you lose something, you get something, you lose something. So I wanted to allow black men to have another platform because I'm not the only one that's doing this. It doesn't exist in large amounts, but I wanted to create some kind of resource where I allow that space to exist. And mm-hmm. so that's where you know, the whole unapologetic word came from is we shouldn't have to apologize for something I can't change. I can apologize if I tripped you on purpose and then I realize it was wrong, or I can apologize for cheating on you because that was just stupid. Um, But you can apologize for things that you do, but you can't apologize for things that you are. Um, That's where that word came from. And the me is just like living in the self. And then I always felt black gay man had to exist on the forefront of the title mm-hmm. because I don't want to misconstrue talking about one before the other. I don't want to create the hierarchy of oppression. So that's where the writing and the art came. Like, okay, this is the topic. Now then, being in front of the and being in front of the camera, I don't know what happened. That day was so <laughs> so fast. <laughs> I had a bunch of notes that I had been working on, and all of a sudden it was four o'clock, and the day was over. Maybe Daniel could talk about it. I just was trying to go with the schedule and get as much as I could Gosh, in man. a very short amount of time. I'm very happy with what we received, but I don't know. Shoot day, it's like it's like a blur. Like I don't even remember sleeping. Right. Was. Well, Daniel, <laughs> how was that process of like even putting it together, the, the, the talent scouting, the getting your people on, and you know, um, even if the day of the shoot? Yeah, I, I think it's um, when Justin approached me with the idea, um, it was such an important topic, mm-hmm. even for me personally, right? Because me being a black gay man, and I think this is the, probably the first time I've ever said it on a public forum like that, right? Um, And understanding what that means to me and learning so much from Justin of how unapologetic he is and knowing that our stories are two different stories, right? Um, My traumas are different than his. And sometimes he, when we have conversations about being who we are as a black gay man, um, sometimes there's things that are misunderstood based on our experiences. So it's such a big subject. And mm-hmm. is something that I probably haven't or can't, don't feel comfortable talking to some of my peers, right? I never talked to you guys about that, right? right, right um, yeah. Because it was just not something that we're just used to talking about or maybe the shame and all, the, all those different things. So 
I thought the topic was very important, but it needed to be um, it needed to be communicated in a very beautiful way. Yeah. Um, so, and every I think we talk a lot about like making sure we curate um, experiences or making sure that we produce as Black people products that are great. Right. So when we talked about the subject, I was like, yeah, we can do a simple film, but we can do like something really amazing and get people who are in the forefront of what culture looks like and what's new and what's next. Um, so it, we, we put a lot of thought into who was a part of the project. So mm -hmm. there were people um, in the project that um, were um, from Justin's past and people who inspired Justin um, greatly to make him the man he is today, and then there are people and artists who identify similarly to how we identify or believe so much in what we're talking about, because we want to make sure that the art was pure, and not just dope people who could shoot well, but do you actually believe in what we are um, talking about? Because mm -hmm. when people see that, that authenticity is going to be really important, and that's how it's going to take off. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like it was this, this project was almost even like therapeutic for you guys as well, too, or for everybody involved. I, I think so. Um, I had, I don't I think I had my first like therapeutic moment. I think the shoot day. I remember when I finally had all the guys that I want to do some group shots, mm -hmm. um, and when all the guys were finally sitting down and we were. I was arranging the shot, and I sat down, and I said, oh, I said, wow, I said, this is real. Like, mm. it's been in my imagination since probably last summer. Yeah. And so sitting down and having them all there, and I said, this is, this is definitely, I knew that it was important for me mm. to experience this, and I felt like I, I wanted it to be important for other people, not to force it on them. Right. Um, but I do think that it should exist the way that I'm creating it um, um, for people to continue to do it um, right, and right. speak on it and have conversations on it and not to agree with me. I never like want to force anyone to say, okay, I agree, this is great, but to mo motivate a space that creates a dialogue for people to learn um, and digest. I think of just that moment of sitting next to all of these gorgeous black men. I was like, oh God. <laughs> Forgive me, but um, it was it was beautiful. It was something very beautiful and it was just from what the loft looked like where we shot to the clothing. Like everything was so simple. Nothing was I didn't want anything to be dramatic. I didn't want anything like bright and loud. I wanted everything to be simple and pure because black gay man it's 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 out there it's something we know um it might to some people it looks aggressive on a paper but those three words are very simple outside of the constructs that you know the world has created for them they're very simple and i wanted people to see the simple like beauty and all of these men and then all of us together and it was it was like it was amazing to like feel it in that moment yeah and, and i think it was cool too that um this is a spectrum of people who were a part of the project um, mm. from an age perspective from a background or where they grew up um, because i think when we talk about gay people we are thinking about a stereotype and if i could get like a dollar for every time that a lady or someone said oh damn you're gay oh shit I, I would never think you're gay, right? And I'm like, I can't tell you the amount of women that have asked me about you, D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you said I don't know what to tell you. But it's interesting because I'm like, so, we're, uh, we're so I'm so used to that, right? Yeah. Just 
growing up in a black neighborhood, and, yeah. you know. But when you think about it, it's like that's kind of crazy, you know. When you should just be who you are and exist, right. and people accept you for who you are, or not thinking gay is a, or any particular thing where you have to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what was important in the project as well, to make sure that we show a spectrum of what that means and to normalize the conversation because mm-hmm. um, un- un- until we continue, like, we, to normalize the conversation, we have to have more of the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that's what the purpose of the film and hopefully it, it, it births a movement that other people start creating films just like this. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to um, kind of jump back on saying you said justice. So you said black gay men, like, you know, those three words together, like individually, they're heavy words. And then together, you know what I'm saying, they also bring a different type of gravity. And there's so many different themes and ideas that you have to weave and, and unpack like can you tell us a little bit you, you you even said yourself like that day you were going through your notes and all of a sudden it's four <laughs> o'clock like can you tell us that process of you know um kind of uh filtering that narrative to be able to tell an authentic story with and 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 in that you know having to um you know kind of uh, stiff arm stereotype and you know what I'm saying or or some other like things that would get in the way of your message like how, how did what was that process like for you because that's a there's a lot to yeah. unpack um, I had to the most important part for me going into shoot day or b- before going into shoot day was knowing who I was working with okay. um, like who these dancers are and what they want. Because one example was I thought that I wanted more like skin showing, a little bit more risky, nude maybe, like just a little bit more abstract images of skin. That was my plan. And then the more I started to speak to these people, I said, this is not everyone's comfortable with this for reasons that they shouldn't be comfortable, Mm. Um, as I am. Could you share any one of those like reasons that if well one of them he's a teacher in a high okay. school right. of course you should not be doing another one's a director of a youth um organization that's like blossoming in like ways like very very quickly and to make a choice like that he needs time to make that choice and mm. i didn't give them that time i mm. said listen I need you to do this. They said, yes. I said, okay, we're shooting in two weeks. Like, that's the time I gave them. So when a few of them told me, "Ah, I'm not quite sure about that, like, I had to take and digest this and say, okay, the story is supposed to be about them, not just me, not just about what I want. So I just renegotiated my mind. I got one of my friends to say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, Let's figure out what wardrobe looks like and Mm -hmm. let's take my imagination to who these people are so figuring out who the people are were really a part important uh, important part of the process and then asking them questions like what does it mean to be black for you what does it mean to be gay what should be a part of the conversation what does it mean to be unapologetic how do you define identity like I had to ask these questions because I know what I can create Mm -hmm. um based on those questions in my head for me for Justin but I my story about being a black gay man I could call my mother the exception to every rule it's much different I did have experiences but my mother 
I don't even remember coming out the closet. Like, I, I don't, like, I do, but it right. wasn't the story that a lot of my friends have. And then beyond, once you're out of the closet, the experiences I have dating are different than my friends, the experiences I have in work. We have one friend who refuses to come out because he's like, I love my job and I can't take that chance. Wow. So I can't judge anyone or hold that against them in the same way that I say, I can't make you get naked if you don't want to. So it was really knowing who the people were and asking those questions were important. So when I go into a situation where I'm directing them on camera, I know exactly what I'm asking them and why. And if I'm choosing to push them, they're comfortable with me. Like these were all my friends, but not every friend deserves that entry point into your life. So I had to make sure that we were on a great level of trust for them to be allowed to allow themselves to put themselves forward on a platform that's going to ex- exist much l- further than a computer screen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, make it like they have to, as I know it's bigger than me, I had to help them understand it's bigger than them as well. Absolutely. You also mentioned something where you said you visualized it and you saw it come to life. Is that something, is that a method you've used? Because you're about to get your master's in dancing, major, bro. Visualization, is that a method you've used to attain certain goals or milestones in your life? Yeah, it's, um, you have to see it. You have to see it. Now, you're not going to be able to see it perfectly, but you have to be able to see enough to put it out there so you know what to work for, at mm-hmm. least for me. Um, because if I don't see it, then it must not be me. <laughs> right. um, but then there's also situations where people push you to open your mind to things. Um, but th- I saw this project happening little by little. Initially, I did see myself shooting it myself. Bad idea. <laughs> very, very bad That's idea. That's what Daniel said. He stepped in real quick. <laughs> He's like, ah, no. <laughs> Um, so I, I saw it that way, but um, things change, but being allowed myself to visualize a bigger picture mm-hmm. um, all the time, like knowing that, yes, I want my master's, go get it. I don't know what will happen from it, but it's there now. Um, visualize this film. Oh, it needs to be this. It needs to be that. No, please move that letter here. Put that there. Like my visualizing how all of this matters for something that's bigger. Um, and if it gets there, great. If it doesn't, I mean, it was important. Like, it was important. It was necessary. And it doesn't need to make a million dollars. Um, but every time someone comes to me and says, oh, like, what you did and how you organized this was so important to me. And what you're doing, like, putting yourself first, like, it encourages more people to do that. Because it's a titled Black Gay Man, but unapologetic me is about everyone. Absolutely. It's about everyone listening. It's about everyone being a part of a process that pushes us to acknowledge differences and diversity and let it stay that way. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't all have to be the same. And I hate this whole, oh, I only see people. And you blind as shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're waiting for. The whole I mean, we all we're definitely happy to support our brothers, uh, Daniel and Justin. Man, um, we ask all our podcasts, all our guests on our podcast this: um, what drives you? What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? Hustling to create new projects, keep contributing to culture through your art. Um, what's that thing that uh, you know wakes up in the morning, keeps you keeps you pushing? Uh, love. Yeah, good answer, yo. <laughs> love, love for a lot of different things. Love, for, you know, my mom is 
turning 50 in a month and mm, she is living a whole new life right now bless up mama and it just love for her and love for what she's doing for herself like really pushes me mm-hmm. you know love of dance I love to dance um, love in my life love in my relationship love for my friends that are doing great things like allowing like that to like multiply like cause the more you put it out there the more that it'll continue to exist and be infectious because you put out negative shit, you're going to get it back. Um, so love is very inspiring. And just wake up and just remember, like, those highs from yesterday and, like, go off of them. Is it easy all the time? No. Um, but just, like, little reminders every now and then. And, uh, this is why I do this. So I feel you, brother. Yo, this was fresh. Man. I can't wait to see the, uh, the film, man. Um, can you tell us where to find you on the socials? Yes. Uh, and you, when we should be looking out for this uh, blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me at, at J Dominic, uh, J J A E, Dominic, D O M I N I C. Um, you can find me there on Instagram, um, there on Twitter. You can look me up, Justin Dominic. That's pretty much my name everywhere. Um, JustinDominic.com. And the film will be finished. I could probably got an email right now that it's in my box. So the yes. film should be finished any day now. Um, asking people to go on my website to look at the Indiegogo, read about it. Um, if you love it, support it. And we want people to come to a show. And we have a few showings set up for May and June um, that are coming very quick and they're around the corner. So, you know, the more people back the project, the more I can have and create these opportunities to share this with people. Indeed. Finex. This is wonderful, man. Indeed. Congratulations again, fellas. Absolutely. Like we always say at this time, stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.